0: with mowing the lawn when you were a kid. And some of you, how many of you would should task your kid with it, but you like it so much or you're too picky to let your kid mow the lawn? I'm looking over there on the right-hand side. You know, what's interesting is uh, I grew up on a, on, a, on a Saturday, I grew up in the country, and everybody, mom had this chat with all the neighbors, they, they conspired together, that none of us could go visiting until all of our chores were done. And I had about a thousand acres of lawn to mow, so it felt. And I was on this John Deere ride-along. Anything else would, just wouldn't be right. And we had to mow the sides of the driveway, and we had the longest driveway ever. All of it had to be done. We had to clean the mower and all that stuff, make sure we'd done a good job until it was time about noon. where We'd eat lunch, and we'd go off to our, our buddy's place and have a good time. That was kind of our childhood chore. And I had no idea that maybe mowing lawn may be a spiritual gift. Because I actually started getting my kid, Kyler, to start mowing the lawn, I thought it was one of those character building things, I don't have any sugar beets, so I can't get him to hold the sugar beets, so I, the guy's got to mow the lawn. So I get him to do that, and then one day, if you can believe it, he comes home from Errol Marriott, and he says, Dad, I got a buddy that would like to mow the lawn. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I one of my friends. He's never mowed the lawn before. He'd like to try him on, so so okay, okay, good. You know, just like this is how you check the oil, this, and make sure you you know wear shoes so you don't chop off your feet. Blah blah blah. And then I let him go. And you know, like he's a big brute of a guy. He's a hockey player, sharp kid. And he starts mowing the lawn. He go this way, that way, this way. And every time he turned, he left a big bad haircut. <laughs> Like, I was just like, are you kidding? Like, I thought he was messing with me at first, but no. He was mowing the lawn, leaving a big strip every time he turned the corner. I said, w- w- like, w- w- what, are you, what are you doing? Like, uh, th- so I actually had to mentor him on how to mow the lawn. Like, I kept missing a big strip. I couldn't believe it. I still find it terribly funny when I think about that. Anyway, I mentored that kid. I probably never mowed the lawn again. But I was thinking about mowing the lawn, and one of the reasons why, it does connect to my story here, or to my sermon is uh, Cliff also at the mow the lawn when he was a kid. He grew up on a dairy farm in the middle of New Bothwell, a little hick town with 300 people, which I grew, outside of. grew up outside of that town. And uh, he was mowing the lawn as a young man, and his little sister came out because she also wanted a ride on the, on the ride-along lawnmower. Not a good combination. So as he's going round and round and round and she's dancing around trying to get on it, all of a sudden the inevitable happened and her toes got clipped off by the lawnmower. I know it's the worst story ever, but it's interesting cuz after that she had to re- kind of adapt and relearn how to walk and relearn how to function without a couple toes on her one foot. In fact, she whenever she'd go shopping for shoes, she'd have to buy two pairs, a size 7 and a size 5 because everything changed after that day. But it's interesting to me because that changed a lot in her life, just those couple little toes. Because you think about it, you know, whatever, whatever poundage this is, and you take off just, you know, what, a quarter of a pound of toes, and it changes everything. It changes everything. In fact, maybe you've been there. I don't know about you, but there's times where I've hurt myself. It might be I stubbed a toe or I've sprained my ankle, and I'm out of commission. I'm just useless wondering, Lord, why am I here? Because I can't even walk. You know, you've ever ever been there where there's been some kind of pain in your body and it's just kind of like shuts you down no matter how much of the rest of your body feels healthy or injured toe or injured leg or an injured arm, whatever. It just absolutely limits you, right? Well, it's kind of interesting because that's an obvious story that actually links us to the obvious passage of scripture that we find in 1 Corinthians 12, talking about using our spiritual gifts. Using our spiritual gifts. So today I want us to get, take a few moments to get the picture that God has added you to his list of kids. And if he's added you to his list of kids, he's also promised that he's given you a spiritual gift. He's gifted you, and when you're not regularly using your spiritual gift, we are actually hobbling around like my dear friend who lost her toes. Because sometimes we think, why do I need to go to church? Well, you know, I can just worship. I can worship wherever I'm on a hike or snowboarding. And you have a point. Well, you have a point out of a thousand. Because we need this. We need each other. And one of the things that you're doing when you're not coming here is you're ripping off the body of Christ by not using your spiritual gifts. We have been given gifts as God's children to use in the body. So by in the body, that means the universal church but also in the local church. But even more than that, he sometimes gives us a gift that we use in the local church, in the church universal, so around the world, and also in the community. So he's gifted us with something. And to me, it's always so sad when we've been warming a seat for 20, 30 years and we still are asking the pastor, what's my spiritual gift? Well, it's time to figure it out. It's time to figure it out. And I'm hoping that today we can kind of look at it, look at the reasons for using spiritual gifts, and also figure out how can we kind of figure out our spiritual gifts so we can get on using them. So that's our value today. We've been going, if you've joined us just for today, uh, we've been going through our values that back up our mission statement, which is helping people reach their God-given potential in Jesus Christ. Today's value is spiritually gifted service. Two meddling questions that go with it is, do I cultivate a heart to serve? And secondly, am I using my spiritual gifts regularly to glorify God and to build up his church or build up his body some of the other questions that i thought of as i was putting this together was do i have a heart to serve jesus by serving others do i believe and know that i have a spiritual gift to be used to build up christ's bride do i look for ways to serve the bride of christ and my community so before we continue let's pray together Father thank you for your word this morning and i thank you that we get it out of a book that's quite interesting shall we say 1st corinthians written to a church that was pretty messed up even last night i had a fantastic conversation of somebody that says they don't go to church anymore because a bunch of hypocrites and i just said well you might not want to come to ours either because i'm one of those lord it's easy to look at some of the flaws of people because we are people but the trajectory of our lives lord the people sitting here is we want to press into jesus we don't want just your stuff. We don't want just your blessings. We just don't want you to show up in every aspect of our lives. We actually want you, Jesus. We want to know Jesus and your powerful resurrection flowing in our lives. We want to know the power and the person of who it is that you are. In fact, saying who was and is and is to come—fabulous words that strike us so hard at Christmas time. Emmanuel, God with us. So Lord, I pray that this morning you would uh, take a familiar passage that everybody's heard of before. But maybe there's something in it today that we can look and realize that perhaps, A, we haven't been serving faithfully, or B, perhaps we've just been looking for writing on the wall what exactly is our spiritual gift and we have not been pressing in. Or perhaps we're sitting here today wondering if God really does love us and he probably has not given us a gift Sometimes, Lord, we look at other people's gift and we go, it's incredible and mine is so lame or mine is just so non-glamorous. And you know, I just pray that we'll have a, a beautiful time this morning of looking into these questions and coming to a place of shalom, coming to a place of peace, realizing that, Lord, as your kids, you've given us a gift. You want us to use it. And we don't, you don't want us to compare with others, but you just want us to use it faithfully, to bless you, and to build up the church. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. So three things I'm hoping you get from this sermon is this, to consider this, serving, learning to serve in your area of giftedness, but secondly, serving when there is a need. So just get on with it. Because I think sometimes we so look for our area of giftedness that there's glaring needs in our children's ministry, but that's not my gift, so I won't get involved. Or I raised my kids, so I'm not going to get involved in Sunday school anymore. And I'm going like, but we have kids and nobody hanging out with them. You know what I'm saying? So there's times where we obviously are looking to serve in our area of giftedness, spiritual giftedness, but also times where you put up your hand and you get involved because there is a need in the body of Christ. And thirdly, serving Jesus. So, not just serving people or not just serving the church, but actually serving Jesus. Um, At every stage of our Christian development, and this is a conviction that I've been working through here, at every stage of our Christian development, there's room to know Jesus more and differently. Jesus is like a diamond, my friends. So, if you think that you just became a Christian and then you started going to church regularly and now you serve and that's it, you're mature, you're mistaken. Because as I was trying to even say to the board, it seems like it's a concentric. Um, we are constantly going in circles, circles, circle, trying to peel and get closer and closer and closer to who Jesus is in every step and stage and circumstance of our life. Your life changes. Circumstances change. And to think that God is just, you got him in a box now, been there, done that, oh, I just think it's just criminal. So he wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants you to draw closer and closer to him and realize that we can have more of Jesus. And sometimes that comes by serving him faithfully alongside the rest of his kids. So here we go, jumping into a huge portion of scripture. Is, um 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. Well, let's pause there for a second. When I started reading this, I'm going like, what do those first three verses have to do with anything? Because now he's going off into the body of Christ and the giftedness. And why is he talking about this, these mute idols and all that stuff? Well, he's talking to 1 Corinthians. And 1 Corinthians, that was a church that was pretty messed up. There was some crazy stuff going on in there. In fact, when I was a younger Christian, I thought, why would he put this at this point in Scripture? Because as you start reading, you're going like, wow, these Christians are messed up. That church is crazy. So he's actually coming to them and they are Christians that are growing, but they still have all sorts of baggage that he's got to deal with and move aside and renovate and just sometimes like, what are you thinking? And here, this is one of those things too. And I think he's also pointing this, that... In the old life, you may have been a pagan or you may have been worshipping this idol and this idol is a piece of stone, a piece of wood that does not talk back to you and now you are serving a living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords who not only communicates, but he gives you gifts and wants you to use those gifts to honour him in this communication that we can learn more and more about our Savior. You guys, the world is full of people just worshipping stuff Or animate objects, inanimate objects. And here we have a God that is alive and well and actually wants Steve, wants Marion, wants Dale. Come on, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wants to be with you. So it's incredible. He even shows it by giving us a gift. Then he gives us that gift. And he says, come on, just open it. Open it. Use it. Use it and come closer to my people. Come closer to me. So it's really exciting stuff. We're going to continue on in verse 4. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, the various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually. What does it say? As who wills? Pardon me? As he wills. It's really important that you understand that. Because some of you have actually been there where people have kind of tried to force tongues upon you, let's say, and they will that you speak in tongues. Speak in tongues! Say something! Otherwise you don't really understand how beautiful it is to be in... I'm going hold the bus. Right here it's pointing to us that even all of these gifts, as he wills. For just as a body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, Mennonites or Dutch, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot, and I love this. Really, this is, this is awesome. This is like a childhood book here. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, so suddenly the ear has grown a mouth. So if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would, be, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye... And it's kind of funny because I just watched Monsters, Inc. yesterday. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them. Each one of them as who chose. Thank you. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, you know what? Go on vacation, I have no need of you. Nor, again, to the head, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, like Connie's toes. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our which are more presentable parts, do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And it goes on and on. Pretty cool stuff. And here he is nailing us hard and fast, saying, if you think that the preacher up here might have a silver tongue... He is more honored than the person that's sharpening pencils while well, you're wrong. Because who is it that is given the gifts? It is Jesus Christ. And what body do we serve? My body, this church, or do we serve Jesus Christ's church? Yeah. Pretty awesome. We minister to the same body. We minister to the same body. And folks these gifts are not given to us so that I can take my gift and go home and just shine up my gift and go oh I have such a good gift oh those poor people at White Rock Community Church if only they knew how good my gift was my gift was given to me by Jesus to build up the church and to be used corporately in the body you have been given a gift to serve us now, just to touch quickly, is this, this portion of Scripture sometimes gets messed up because it talked about the baptism of the Spirit and the filling of the Spirit. Really quickly, the baptism of the Spirit occurs at conversion when the Spirit enters the believing sinner. So the Holy Spirit has been pursuing you when you were not a Christian, and He's been after you, and finally you relented and gave your life to Jesus Christ. You've now been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the church of Jesus Christ, period. So you can't be looking around for another baptism. It's just not true. But secondly, there's the filling of the Spirit. And the filling of the Spirit you see even in Ephesians 5 verse 8, and that has a lot to do with the control of our lives. Do not be drunk with wine, but be drunk with right. So do not be controlled by wine. Do not be controlled by working out. Do not be controlled by whatever it is, but be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. So that is something that we can continue ebb and flow in. The filling of the Spirit. You know what I'm talking about. There's times where you feel that, wow, the Lord's really using me and the Spirit's really... And another other you're like, whoa, it's pretty hard to see that perhaps I'm even a, um, a Christian right now. So the filling of the Spirit is really important that we pay attention to some of the things that we've given a hold of in our lives and continue to push that aside and allow the Spirit to continue to build up and fill us. The baptism of the Spirit. If you're a Christian, you've been baptized by the Spirit but you also need to continue to be aware that you can be filled more and more with the Spirit. Wiersbe points out, too, that unity without diversity would produce uniformity, and uniformity tends to produce death. Life is a balance between unity and diversity. So somehow in there... God in his incredible plan has given each one of us salvation, and each one of us gifts. And we like to kind of grab our gifts and use it on our own and, you know, build up ourselves and stuff. But somehow in there, he's given this diversity and we have to come together in unity to bring glory to him through his church. And that's tough. That's tough because we don't always get along. We don't always see eye to eye. We struggle with comparison, competition, competition loneliness. Sometimes we pull out because we think God's not listening to us. Other times we're on fire. Sometimes we're sick. Sometimes we're healthy. We're all messed up. We're all over the map. And that's one of the reasons why we're really pumping, myself included, maturity through discipleship. We all want to mature. We all grow old, but we don't always mature. So first of all, I want us to see that God uses us. The reality is the Lord doesn't just He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. I wish I could say I'm the one that came up with that, but I didn't. The reality is the Lord doesn't call the equipped. He actually equips the called. God used men and women with similar doubts to us to change the course of history. Just to give you a little taste of that, Moses didn't think he was a leader or a speaker, but God worked through Moses to bring Israel out of slavery. David was the youngest snot the little shepherd boy that, he, that would, didn't even come across Samuel's line of vision and finally says, do you not have any more sons? And pretty soon the young guy came bouncing in and that was the guy that was anointed to become the next king of Israel who would fight giants, David and Goliath. Paul was killing Christians before he met Jesus. But he went on to become one of the most highly regarded and prolific writers of the New Testament plant, and a church planter. Or how about coming upon this season right here? By the way, thank you to everybody that's been a part of decorating this place. It looks fantastic. Um, coming into Christmas, we're reminded that God used the humble Mary and Joseph to introduce Jesus, the Messiah, into our lives here. You guys, in my limited experience and short observation, here's a few characteristics that are helpful, or I think could be helpful, for you to find and to use your spiritual gifts. Are you ready? First of all, know that God has given you a gift. He has promised that everybody gets a spiritual gift. Secondly, start praying about where God would like to use you. Start praying about it. Thirdly, start serving with others. So get moving. I'm going to comment on that in a little bit. But sometimes we just sit there and pray, Oh God, oh God, oh God, what's my gift, what's my gift? And we just get moving. Start serving. Pay attention to what you're passionate about. Pay attention to what breaks your heart. Pay attention to other believers that may comment or even ask them if they see any particular gifts that may be yours. And be humble and receive with open hands whatever the Lord has given you and is calling you to. And don't compare yourselves to others. And finally, be faithful. So I know that was a long list for you to actually write down there. But the fact is, you've been given a gift pay attention, start serving, and then start actually developing relationships within the body of Christ, and there's a good chance you can ask somebody or somebody will comment, and you're almost going to start seeing your niche or start seeing where God is calling you and realize, wow, this is a spiritual gift. First of all, I want us to realize that we always got to be ready to serve, both the church universal and the church local. There's a difference between the body of Christ universal, which we see in Corinthians 12, and there's also this local church that we attend for corporate worship, which we see in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Now, the big deal is that we serve, but we also got to realize that we serve in a 24-hour proposition, shall we say, in the way that we're always ready to serve, and we kind of have this disposition to be ready to serve, Does that makes any sense. So you're ready to use the gift that God has given you. So I'm not talking about that the church is going to milk you now and every time this comes up, we go, Josiah has that gift, let's get him on board. And pretty soon he's burnt out. But what I'm just saying is that people that are in the body of Christ and God has given them a gift, we also have to cultivate this opportunity to be ready to serve at a moment's notice. We have the disposition to use our gifts for his glory. Romans 12, do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit, and serve the Lord. Another place in Matthew, he says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That hit me again this week, is... uh, You know, oftentimes, any kind of organization, but also especially the church, is oftentimes we have all sorts of opportunities to serve, but it seems like the same 20% are doing 80% of the work, if that makes any sense. And right here, I'm not sure why I find that surprising sometimes, because he says it again in Matthew 9. He says, boy, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Always be ready to serve. Serving allows us to experience the joy and peace that comes from obedience. In 1 Peter 4, 10-11, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So serving really is a form of worship. We get together and we get to actually honor and worship, ascribe worth to Jesus Christ by using the gift that he has given us. I like what somebody else pointed out too. He says, uh, serving also allows us to experience miracles. Think about that for a second. Serving also helps us to see miracles. In John chapter 2, what a miracle. Guys just showed up to serve at a party, the wedding of Cana. And they ran out of wine. How embarrassing. So they come up to Jesus and they tell him like, oh. We've run out of wine. This is, so what do, we, what do we do? And they fill up barrels of water, and he turns it into wine. How cool would it have been that day to see that happen, right? And it's kind of the same. They take a monotonous job. They're serving, whatever it might be, but it ends up that they're lucky that day, and they're serving a lot alongside Jesus Christ. Jesus shows up in power and does something that blows their mind. And I wonder sometimes if when we actually keep our head down and we're continuing to work in our spiritual goodness along others, that all of a sudden, boom, we're going to see something miraculous, which we would not have seen if we were not employing our spiritual gift. Serving allows us to experience miracles. Serving also surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus. I cannot tell you how important this is. I cannot tell you how important this is when we're working side by side with other people there's a a bond that inevitably forms again Hebrews 10 tells us that spur one another on do not forsake the getting together of the saints and spur one another on in love and good deeds not giving up meeting together but encouraging one another you guys it's crazy that we think we can do this on our own We we need each other we need each other we need each other Another thing is to realize that you don't have to sit there and wait to figure out your spiritual gift, but I think we see throughout Scripture and because of the needs that we have all around us that we need to simply start serving. So look for an area that there's a need in the church or whatever and start serving. I used to have a Datsun 210. Sweet car, B210. You teenagers, like, wipe your face right now. This thing thing is Sweet. And it was green, so I had a couple rust spots, so I put a little masking tape on, found some John Deere tape, and I painted her up. I tell you, the girls could hardly resist me when I was a teenager. (laughs) This puppy was a five-speed, and uh, it could turn on a dime. Rear-wheel drive, and uh, I just couldn't believe it. It would start in whatever weather, and I could actually work on it. So it was one of those things where the ignition went and I could actually put a push-button start in. The trans- something went on with the ring gear. I actually dropped my transmission on it because it was such a small, light car. I could actually do all this stuff. Good luck, good luck doing that on a car today. But one thing about my Datsun 210 is it didn't have power steering. So if I actually wanted to go anywhere like if I was parallel parking it was the worst like because you'd uh. but one thing about not having parallel not having uh, power steering is the best way to turn that car was to get moving once you started moving then all of a sudden it's easy to steer but if you weren't if you're just parked then it was really hard to turn that thing and I'm not saying put the cart before the horse here I mean, we want to plug in, we want to be praying, we want to be paying attention for our spiritual gifts. But I think there's times, too, where we just sit there and wonder. And it's just like, you know what? Maybe just get in that into 210 and start moving and steering. And you're going to be surrounded by other saints. You're going to get some feedback. You're going to see some things that you're not any good at. In fact, you don't ever see a congregational meeting putting my name forward for finances. You'll notice that. Not spiritually gifted that way. Right? And... But we get together and in serving together, there's a, just a good chance that you'll have an aha moment in your service, or you'll also have an aha moment when somebody compliments you or comments something about you, or perhaps you need to cultivate a relationship with somebody that you trust and just say, hey, what are some areas that you think I might be gifted in or passionate about? And that's a great way to start your journey of knowing your spiritual gift and moving forward and using it faithfully in the body of Christ serve where required with the heart to serve watching for telltale signs of gifting and passion so as we come to a close on this sermon I just know we could go much further on this and there's many spiritual gifts you can see them in a list in Romans and you can see them in a list in 1 Corinthians and there's even online Uh, spiritual gifts tests you can take but the fact of the matter is that each one of you with a relationship with Jesus Christ has been baptized within the body of Christ you have been given a spiritual gift and now it's time to start paying attention to that gift and cultivate a disposition to serve wherever needed to serve wherever needed but I'm going to be honest I think the world is set up with all sorts of opportunities, and all sorts of distractions, and all sorts of excuses, and before we know it, we may be Christians that have been sitting around for years, either not knowing our spiritual gifts, or simply not using it. And guys, there's all sorts of excuses, including offense. You've been offended by the preacher, or you've been offended by somebody else in church, and you just withhold from serving. Or there might be something in your family life and now you feel like such a hypocrite because you can't even get your act together at home so you pull back when it comes to serving in the church. And that's exactly where the devil would love you. Just to shut you up and make you immobile. Make you like my dad's in 210 without steering. But we need to press in whatever area you are in life, wherever stage you are with Jesus, you press in further to know the person of Christ and continue to serve him continue to serve his church and just watch what you will what will be revealed to you in friendships with others and also in revelation that he'll give to you but it starts with paying attention to drawing close to him and realizing that he has given you a gift and it's time to use it sound good awesome let's pray together father i thank you that you love us and that you have given each one of us gifts Lord, we've looked at a a long passage today, and it was a pretty obvious passage. It's ridiculous to think that our toe would talk to our arm and our arm would talk to our leg, but yet, in a sense, we have done that, many of us, in our lives. I, for instance, have definitely undermined my spiritual giftings thinking that others are much more glamorous or much more fun, and I think mine can be boring. Lord... I just ask that you'd help us to pay attention to where you're at work in our lives. Help us to pay attention to what breaks our hearts. Help us to pay attention to what we're passionate about. Help us to pay attention to where we seem to be gifted. And then help us, Lord, like my Datsun 210, help us to start moving and steering. And Lord, when we're doing that, we want to pay attention to where you want to use us and where you've gifted us. Because, Lord, it's also our responsibility because we are part of the body. And the body needs us. And what blows my mind is another miracle. Is that you, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you have actually made it one of your missions to use us, simple-minded people that struggle with rebellion, struggle with self-image, and struggle with failure. Yet, Lord, you have given us these gifts to tell the world about Jesus and to build up your church. Father, reveal to us the giftings you've given us, reveal to us opportunities and help us to get moving. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.